Welcome to Lax Historical Context. I'm Sean. I'm Sasha. And uh, today we're doing an episode that I honestly am stunned didn't occur, at least to me, sooner. Yeah. As I am a, a big gamer. Uh, I am not, but yeah. then the tech guy is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, let's just get right into it. We're We're doing history in video games. Yes. And if you are in the den right now where we record, you will see... Shit ton of video games. Yes. Pokemon are looking down on us from above. Other yes. weird indie games. A whole tower full of video games. I'm sitting next to a PlayStation and an Xbox. I have like two Switches within like two feet of me. Yeah. It's a lot going on in ben, here. Ben does a lot of this. I uh-huh. would also like to point out to my right in this video game tower are several still shrink wrapped games. Yep. That I'm offended he's not played yet. <laughs> um, He has a lot of games and not a lot of time i know so I it know. happens but they're among my favorites and i'm mad oh sorry I'm gonna bring beef, it up I'm bring gonna, it up with ben the tech guy i'm gonna beef it out with ben the tech guy so anyway uh we're doing we're doing video games and uh-huh. uh, that presented history or play with history and i mean i guess an analysis of how accurate they are more oh well not i mean mine uh, mine's just really accurate Okay, my mine is an explanation of how it looks accurate and is definitely respectful, but ultimately not accurate. That yeah, much. when I was talking about this topic with Ben, he was like, "He's doing what now?" It's <laughs> like he's like, "That's okay then." Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's uh, yeah, no, no. I don't think we're gonna find very many games that have true, like, honest to goodness accuracy. Unless there was one that came out a couple years ago called uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance. No, I think this one is pretty historically accurate, the one that yeah. I did, but it's it's in a different way. I'm going to pour myself more of okay. this drink really quick. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, I know Kingdom Come Deliverance came out a few years ago. Like, the whole selling point is accuracy. I tried to play it. The gameplay was insufferable to me, so I hated it. I was going to play, I was going to do Age of Empires for this, but one, I wanted something I could easily do on my Switch, because that's the portable console. Yes. I have the most, I suppose. Yes. And mess with the most. So I went with this game for that reason, basically. Uh, okay. All right. So uh, the beer we are drinking today. Mm-hmm, which I already had some of because I yeah. love it. Yeah. Uh, I guess, if anything, we ended the, the series of episodes about criminals with another loose theme because we've had two episodes in a row where the drink is basic bitch themed. Although Yay! my selection of this is is much different than the reason you selected the 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 Voodoo Ranger one mm-hmm. from last episode. Uh I've selected the Rogue Pumpkin Patch Ale. Yes. Uh the reason I selected it is that in many role playing games, Rogue is a class that lame. your character can play. That so is since, so lame. Since we're doing video gaming, I was like close enough and I'm a fan of Rogue Breweries beers anyway. They're really good. Surprised by that because I tend uh, they tend to be on the hoppier side. I feel. Well, I mean, admittedly, I do stay away from the IPAs. Yes. But the ones I enjoy, not not mm. so much. So anyway, the little blurb here on the side. I don't know how uh, how much I believe all this. It's very hipstery. This rogue was brewed using ingredients grown on rogue farms in Oregon, from ground to glass. We're proud to say it's a true taste of rogue. Uh, see hipster word terroir terroir yes to learn uh, to learn more about rogue farms and grow your own revolution visit us online rogue.com if anyone wants to yeah this is the the pumpkin patch ale mm-hmm. it has a little star logo with uh you know 
where stuff is on yeah. the little thingy. So it's heavily towards malt, mm-hmm. uh, a little more towards sweet, and then a little less mm-hmm. towards roast. Mm-hmm. Um, it does say it's crafted with pumpkins grown at Rome, Rogue Farms in Independence, Oregon. Uh, pair it with... These are interesting to me. I wanted to make sure yeah. to verbalize this. Pair it with butternut squash soup, yeah. seared venison, or shortbread cookies. That's a no. That is a wide mix of things to pair with. That is a very odd meal, though. I don't. I don't know if well, I agree no, with that. Not, not all of that at no, once. No, I would do it all at once. <laughs> would you? Yeah, you got your starter. You got your dessert. You got your entree. Hmm. I like the voodoo better. Because it had a little bit more spice to it. Yes, this is. I mean, this is admittedly not spice. This is just no. straight up pumpkin ale. Yes. The pumpkin flavor is a little more noticeable in this one, so I appreciate that. Although ultimately, yeah, I do think the Voodoo Ranger was better. But I like spicy, so yeah. that's going to bias me anyway. This isn't. This isn't like I'm drinking a pumpkin. Well, like it's a. It's a light pumpkin spice latte, I guess. It didn't punch me in the face with pumpkin. I admittedly have not had a pumpkin spice latte in a hmm. very long time. That's probably because you're not a white bitch. <laughs> I don't have my Uggs boots. Yeah, I don't have my faux Uggs on right now because it's still kind of warm in the house. <laughs> so, uh, history in video games, or yes. I should, w- when when I post it, maybe I'll title this, history, comma, as it were, comma, in video games. Again, mine's pretty accurate. Yeah, mine, mine, again, respectful, not accurate. Um, I'm also going, full disclosure, did not finish the game. Almost done with it. That's okay, I haven't played mine yet. So. Did some walkthroughs. I did. I've seen a shit ton of the gameplay of this, and I read extensively about it because I was hooked by the concept. But I have not actually played it yet myself. I have purchased a copy. Okay, so I guess I will start. Yes. So, I played and read a little bit about, well, I didn't read about the game itself, but I read about the time period. Um, I played the game Valiant Hearts, The Great War, which is by Equinox. I believe that's what the game company is called. Yeah, I've heard of this game. Um, I have not played it. It is. So, Valiant Hearts basically is so historically accurate, it should be played in high school history classes. It is a puzzle game, basically. So, if you've played anything like Professor Layton or... Mainly Professor Layton is what mm-hmm. I'm associating it with the the DS classic. Um, it's similar to that. Um, so it's the game starts um, in Germany in France going to war. Uh, Carl, a German living in France, is promptly deported despite having a French wife and child. Fucked up. Yep, and it happened. Yep. Um, his <laughs> father-in-law Emile is drafted into the French army despite being old. Also happened. Uh, you initially play as Emil as he goes through basic st- uh, basic training, which, you know, acts as a great, like, impromptu game tutorial for the game. Uh, and then he heads off to the Battle of the Frontiers, which was an actual battle in World War I. Yeah, it was a, it was a fairly large one, too, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So on his way to the Battle of the Frontiers, he meets Freddy at a train station. Freddy is an American soldier who volunteered to join French forces for personal reasons. Ooh. You'll find out later in the game and Mysterious. later in the synopsis. Mysterious. Um, Emile's on the battlefield. His whole unit gets wiped out. He gets injured and is taken prisoner. Yeah. And you're doing this all like sh- running from bullets and shit and like it. But not like I don't want you guys to think it's like a live action sort of Medal of Honor shit. It's the graphic style is very cartoony. Yeah. It looks like it looks nice. like rotoscoped 
animation yeah, to me. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the graphic design of this video game. Um, I highly recommend it. So, meanwhile, Freddy's doing his own thing, basically kicking ass. And I think Freddy's black. I can't say that I know he's black. <laughs> Did anyone call him the N-word and, like, kick no, him? No, but he's, like, a different color than everybody else. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's one of the, like, maybe he's, like, French-Algerian. No, because he's American. Oh. And he, he's he's acknowledged as That's American. Right. So right. I feel like I will have to show you a picture of him and you'll be like, yeah, that, he's probably. <laughs> that there is a, uh, we call that a, a catch-all. He's multiple minorities in yeah. one. <laughs> it kind of seems like that's what they were trying to do. Because everybody's not like actual skin tone. They're like cartoon skin tone. Yeah. Um. So. You... Oh, oh, cartoons. Easy way to tell if he's black. Were his facial features drawn proportionately? I want to say. <laughs> he's black <laughs> um so you play a puzzle of two as freddy so basically you're throughout the whole game you're rotating between characters um so we go back to emil he's a cook for german soldiers he's their prisoner he meets his son-in-law carl with a k um <laughs> he's german makes sense yeah so the prison camp is bombed the camp gen blows up um this is where you meet walt the dog. Yes, there's a dog in this, guys. I'm so excited. Now I know why you fucking loved it so much. Yeah, so Emil and Walt, the dog, ran away uh, on the battlefield. Yerps, I believe is what it's called. Y-P-R-E-S. It's a battlefield in France. Isn't it Yerps? Yerps. 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 Now, it now occurs Yerps. to me this is one of those names I've never heard said out yeah, loud. Yeah, I, I got nothing. It starts with a Y. That's just weird. Ypres. Huh. Uh, I'm going to yeah. look it up. Walt gets stuck in some barbed wire and Emil can't get him out. And then there's a running away, a runaway tank coming straight towards them. But Walt needs to get Emil out. <laughs> At six miles an hour? Yes. And so then it cuts to Freddy. And Freddy sees that happening and he shoots a big gun and blows up the tank. And he and Walt and Emil become best buds for life. Mm, okay. Yep. Uh, then suddenly a woman in a car appears and whisks them off the battlefield at Yerps um, to the actual town of Yerps. Here, uh, Freddy goes after a Zeppelin. He like sees the Zeppelin and he's like, Zeppelin! And so he <laughs> runs after the Zeppelin. And then you play as Freddy chasing after the Zeppelin and Emil chasing after Freddy chasing after the Zeppelin. Um, then the lady oh, comes. Oh, uh, it is. This is, this is fun not to interrupt you. It's just pronounced eep. Eep. Like Bart Simpson. That's, eep. That is definitely not how it is spelled. I, uh, yeah. No. Anyway, so I just had to interrupt yeah. you with that because it's great. So eep. lady comes, picks up Freddie and Emil. Her name is Anna. Um, and that ends episode one. There's four episodes. Okay. I'll go real quick. Oh, you're giving me the story summary yeah. here. Okay. Yeah. I didn't do it that way. I, 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 I went with analysis of the elements of the game. Well, the <laughs> thing is, it's all pretty historically accurate because during the whole time in the gameplay, Emil, Carl, Anna, Marie, uh, Emil's daughter and Carl's wife, mm -hmm. and Freddie all write letters home. So they're doing like historical bits there. Is, is, this, is this how this main like story is delivered? Uh, there's a narrator okay. in between cutscenes. I was about to say, I don't know if I've ever played an epistolary game before. And then really. there's like epistolary? letters. I think it's epistolary. There's letters that just show up. And then there's also like, um, war facts that you get to see throughout the thing. So okay. you'll see like, look at, like you have to pick up artifacts along your way and you're like, look at this helmet. And then you can learn what the helmet was for 
within the battle or if you're doing the battle of yeeps they t- <laughs> they gave you a brief description of the battle and how it was fought okay or if it was gas attacks so it's actually a pretty interesting um this really should be used in, in yeah education. it's an interesting setup i'll show you really quick just on a pause screen but don't mind the bullets uh so you can look at historical facts and items nice and so learn about stuff like that okay so it's pretty cool that way not quite epistolary then but it it has yeah interactivity it has interactivity where you learn more history about the time period which i I found really interesting it was in collaboration like all the historical facts and stuff have um apocalypse Apocalypse Now, I believe is what it was called. Um, it's a National Geographic show uh, okay. that covered World War One. Let me see if I wrote it down. Okay. I don't know. Apocalypse Now is the movie. That seems like a no, really it, bold title to it just was reclaim. Called, it was called Apocalypse something. Okay. Because, yeah. I mean, you want to talk war, Apocalypse Now. God, that's a fucked up movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's a it great is. movie, though. I think World War One is the most fucked up war, but I... Well, I mean, yeah. I'm pretty. Shit, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. So anyway, episode two, flashback nine months earlier, start of World War One. We meet uh the girl that picks up Freddie and Emil. Her name is Anna. She or Anna, whichever you want to say. <laughs> I prefer Anna. Anna. She was studying to become a vet in Paris. Her father's in Belgium, and tells her not to come home because of the war. She disobeys him and makes her way to Belgium. She does this by participating in the t- Paris taxi troop movement to the Battle of Marine, um, which was an actual thing where mm-hmm. Paris taxis went and drove to a battle. Yep. Uh, this occurred on the night of September 6, 1914, and taxis of Paris were used to move about 4,000 troops to the front lines, which in actuality wasn't really that many troops to the front lines. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyway, Anna goes there, saves some people because she's working as a nurse because she has training in the veterinary sciences. And a horse is like a human. I, I mean, sure. I mean, yeah. Yeah, okay. Don't go to McDonald's, you cannibals. Yeah. And so her gameplay is like a weird rhythm sort of gameplay. Uh, like, you know, like a rhythm game. Uh, almost... Not unlike Dance Dance Revolution. Yes, but not that intense. <laughs> uh, she then makes it to her hometown, finds out that her father has been killed by kidnapped by Von Dorf. General Von Dorf. Sounds like a cartoonishly evil German name. He was supposed to die. Delete who he was supposed to be. Uh, so he's apparently supposed to be based off of another baron that loved Zeppelins in World War One, But I don't think I wrote down his name. Bummer. I know it's not right, but just say Red Baron to fill it yes, in. Yes, the Red Baron. <laughs> uh, then we flash forward to the present time uh, where she and the others have made it to Reims. And she goes to help people, including Carl, who ends up trapped under the Zeppelin. Poor Carl. With the help of Walt the dog, <laughs> she frees Carl. Sends Walt to go find Freddy and Emil. They come and see that Carl is like busted up carl's a broken leg carl and anna get sent to a prisoner of war camp where she cares for carl and carl's a prisoner of war okay uh, carl tells anna emile and freddie that von dorf who took anna's father mm-hmm. went got away and went on a plane okay so uh yeah uh so emile ends up getting court-martialed at this time for desertion um, because he he did desert after he got well. Okay, I 
don't get this because he was kidnapped <laughs> by the Germans. Do you want to go watch Paths of Glory while you no. figure this so, out? So no, he was kidnapped <laughs> by the Germans. Yes. So then he got free from the Germans. Mm-hmm. And instead of returning right back home, he had other stuff to do. I don't think that's desertion. <laughs> no. I think I had other shit going on. That's what that is. Yeah. Explain that to the military. Yeah, and Freddy, you are here to fight, soldier. And Freddie also never gets in trouble for going on these little weird side-ass missions. Like, he's always fine, I guess, because he was a volunteer. They're like, eh, whatever, <laughs> you're cool. Volunteers can come and go as they please. So anyway, Emil's such a badass that they don't really do anything for his court-martial, and he just gets sent back to the front lines. Yes. At this point, it's February 21st, 1916. Um, Freddie... It's fine. Emil, they get stationed near Verdun. 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 Oh, oh. this game does not end well, does it? Mm, you know, the way it ends, you're, I hated, you're going to hate, everyone's going to hate. Okay. You said you said, you said said that name, and I went, oh, no. Oh, no. That, that, you'll be surprised wh- why it gets bad. Oh, so Emil no. gets a letter from his daughter saying his grandson learned to walk. Yay, Carl's son knows how to walk. <laughs> Yay, emotional connection in preparation yeah. for the death of a character. So you go on some missions and shit near Verdun. Uh, they are so badass. In fact, they get medals. Anna writes telling Emil Carl is walking and is feeling great. Yeah. And that, hey, everything's okay. Um, so they actually give you some facts about Verdun, 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 whatever. Uh, <laughs> almost 70,000 men died per month, and the battle lasted about 10 months. Yeah. It was it was the longest battle of World War One. Yeah. So uh, lasted basically all of 1918. Yeah. So <laughs> facts. These are some facts you get to learn in game. This isn't yeah. even weird historical facts. This is narrator yeah. talks about yeah, this, this is shit. Depressing the shit yeah. out of you in real time. Yeah. It's great. Uh, May 1916. Freddie and Emil are sent on a mission to take Fort Dalmont. Oh, sorry, 1916, not 1918. Yeah, 1916. Fort Dalmont, which is actually a really fo- a real fort yep. outside of Verdun. Uh, go historical accuracy. Uh, the dog is there the whole time, in case you're wondering. He's okay. been there the whole time. <laughs> I I was not actively, but thank you for informing me. Yeah. So um, this episode ends with a big explosion. Uh, the Germans still hold the fort, and Emil assumes Freddy had died in the explosion. Hmm. Episode three. It opens with Emil writing his daughter saying Freddy died. But at least Carl is doing better and saved from trench life because he's a POW. Which, dude, that's the way to be, man. I know being a POW sucked, but I think it might have been better than the trenches. I mean... In this war, I think (laughs) it was preferable. Did did you get trench foot in a POW camp? No. Then you're probably right. (laughs) Um, So... He writes his daughter and he's like, yeah, she's fine. And then his daughter writes back and is like... Aw, shit, dude. Victor, Carl's son is sick. And Carl is like, what? My son is sick. So he's like, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. So you finally get to play as Carl. Okay. You met Carl in episode one, and you don't get to play as Carl until episode three. But (laughs) as Carl, you escape the POW camp. Um, You're imprisoned with some other dude, and he helps you escape. Um, And then you get caught. And then it's time for Freddy backstory. Yeah. So, uh, it turns out on Freddy's wedding day, Von Dorf bombed the city that they got married in, killing Freddy's wife. 
Thus, dun, dun, dun. He decided to seek revenge against Von Dorf. And that's why he's also chasing Von Dorf with Anna. Okay. Yeah. Anna. Anna. <laughs> uh, so, but guess if what? Her, if her name was Anne, I swear to God, I'd be doing the her joke from Arrested Development. I mean, it's A-N-N-A. That's Anna, isn't it? No, no, I'm Anne. Anne. Her. Oh, I know. Yeah. But what's, how do you spell Anne versus how do you spell Anna? Anna, A-N-N-A, Anne is okay, A-N-N-E. Okay, then, then I'm correct. I am correct. This is Anna. Yeah. That's right. what I'm saying. If her name yeah. was Anne, I'd be doing the her joke. I see. Her? She's, she's, she's okay. Her? Um, <laughs> he went with egg? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, this means if we're seeing Freddy's backstory, he is in fact alive. And he was with um, Anna's, uh, not husband, dad when the explosion happened. So, Anna's dad is okay too. So, they reunite. Hooray! They reunite with Emil, Walt, Freddie, and Anna, and everybody's like all happy and shit. Yeah. But on May 14th, Freddie is sent to Psalm, and Emil is sent to Vakwa, where the war has moved underground. I'm taking your word for it. <laughs> there's a lot of O's, there's a lot of Q's, and there's an IS thing going on. Yeah. But anyway, I guess I. I didn't know this, but during World War II, they fucking did tunnel fighting, which sounds Wait, like the worst. World War One. Yeah, World War One. Sorry, World War One. Yes, they did tunnel fighting. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like the worst. Yeah. Like I, re- I, re- I remember I went on some tangent in class about how trench warfare was the worst thing ever. Like no, no, no. And some dude was like, "Have you heard of tunnel fighting?" And I was like, "No." And I now tunnel I'm- fighting seems like the worst. And this level in the game, you're in this tunnel. And, like, there's German people, like, right next to you. And you're not, oh, it's, oh, and you're all underground. Yeah. And it's all shit. Yep. Like, oh, my God, no. Yep. World War One sucked balls. Seriously. Idi- oh, man. People that fought through and lived through World War One. Yeah. Declare them all fucking national heroes. I don't give a shit. Yeah. So, like, you do some tunnel stuff as a meal. Uh Emil basically killed a bunch of Germans and he felt really bad about it because, like, he's a nice guy. He's just a farmer. He just wants to be with his daughter. And they're just soldiers taking orders, too. They have families. So um, he refuses to be decorated for it. Anna meets up with her dad and Emil and everyone is happy for a second. But. Dramatic pause. (laughs) Yeah. But Anna (laughs) brings news that Carl was killed trying to escape. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Sending Emil into a Great Depression. Cutscene five days earlier. You play as Carl running away from French guards at the POW camp. You successfully get away, but your buddy dies and you switch dog tags with him. So that is why everyone uh, thinks Carl Carl's is dead. dead. Okay. Freddie, meanwhile, is kicking ass with some British troops in, on Somme on September 15th, 1916 in a tank. Tank shit. Um, you learn that 350,000 British troops died there. Go tank life. Yeah. Uh, Freddie comes face to face with Von Dorf and kicks his ass, but does not kill Von Dorf despite Von Dorf killing his wife because he doesn't want to be that kind of guy. Instead, Von Dorf gets stripped of all his medals and gets sent away from the front lines, which the narrator claimed was a fate worse than death for him. Wow. Yeah, on January 18th, 1917, Emil convinces Anna to go to St. Miel, which is the town they lived in, uh, to see his daughter and grandson and tell them of Carl's death. Hmm. 
Turns out it's what Carl's also on his way there. Um, and you play as Carl and you eventually run into Anna and make it to St. Miel. End of episode three. All right. Episode four. Uh, as Carl and Anna, you're interrogated by the Germans who hold St. Miel. Uh, Carl is sent back to fight. Anna is sent to the infirmary to do nurse shit. Uh, you start off as Carl. He does his own thing. He gets all ready to go back to war. He is sent to the front lines. Uh, you get to work with Walt, and he's wearing a doggy gas mask. It's super cute. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is all on the way to San Miel to see, you know, Carl's wife. Now we join Freddy, who's going to fight with the Canadian troops at Vimy. Uh, after you take the hill, <laughs> is that not the I, name? No, you know what? I know that one, but I'm not going to tell you because the look on your face after you threw out this <laughs> random guess at the pronunciation was great. Just this, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Vimai or something. No, I don't know. Even, something fancy in you. French. <laughs> uh, so after you take the hill, Freddie gets a letter from his brother that the U.S. is about to join the war. Back to Carl. Uh, feet away from the farm, he is all has to do a bunch of puzzles through like his barn area to get to his wife. Um, okay. The walkthrough I watched was of uh, the, the PC version of this game, and I have the Switch version, so there's a little difference. This was the only area where it was different version, like it was a different oh, setup, yeah. and it was very odd to me. So I thought I'd mention that. Okay. Yeah. I will I will note this in case it ever becomes necessary. So uh Carl finally finds his wife and kids and pulls them out of the the gas and puts his gas mask on his wife and like pulls her to safety. Um Emil is still sick in April of nineteen seventeen, but he can like walk, so that's good enough for people. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. good enough for the 19 good, good, good enough for 1917. And good enough for a century ago. So then you, the whole time you're playing as a meal this time, there's this annoying little shit yelling at you at the back. And he's just like, go forward, go forward, go forward. Because I guess it's supposed to be like, you know, the general telling you to go forward. Um, that would get old quick. Yeah, so it does get old for Emil. So they're at, you're at this like impasse where you're underneath a shelter and the guy's yelling at you and there's no way you're not going to get killed if you go forward. So he's yelling at this group of people and Emil, the whole time you're Emil, you have a shovel. Emil takes a shovel and just hits the guy over the head. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, General. Yeah, um, killing the guy. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, this was at all the Neville Offensive, which I guess was a bloodbath if you believe the narrator. Um, it, it was yeah. so the offense was abandoned and meal was jailed for killing somebody um i mean rightly so yeah walt saved carl and the family uh there's a nice cutaway scene about walt it was pretty cute uh, talking about dogs of war um and it takes walt to emil's farm where she saves carl um so because carl was sick anna has medical training so carl emil Anna are all safe, and so is Marie and Victor. No, Emil's not safe. Emil is definitely not safe. <laughs> Emil is in the prison. Yes. Emil is court-martialed and sentenced to death. Um, he is shot to death in front of Freddy by the firing squad. God. That is literally the end of the game. <laughs> what? Actually, the end of the game is like, don't forget these people who fought this great war. And the yeah. end of the game is like all the wooden crosses. And then 
at the very end, it zooms in on one cross and it says Emil's name and his year of birth. And Freddie, not Freddie, and uh, Carl and Marie and Victor are standing in front of it with Walt being all sad by the grave. That's the end scene. Fuck. So Emil does all of this. When and you, well, just I got to be honest. When you said Verdun, I thought everybody was going to die there. No. This is be- worse. Because almost everybody did die at Verdun. But holy shit, that sucks. That is so worse. And I no so, longer want to play this game. So my source was the Valent Hearts Wikipedia page. Valent Hearts, the Great War gameplay walkthrough on YouTube by Tough Recoil. And I also read, I'm still reading this book and I really enjoy it. I would love to do more about World War I. Uh, the book called A World Undone by G.J. Meyer. Um, it's really good. Um, I do have a quick World War I rant if you want to hear it. Sure. Um. So there's nothing historically inaccurate about this game. And it's great. I love it. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Apocalypse World War One, a National Geographic show. That's what uh, it was from. Apocalypse World yeah. War One. So what I take issue okay. with that. With, I've heard of that show. I have not watched yeah, it. Yeah. My dad's watched it from time. It has a lot of real life footage. I want to yeah. see. Um, I know the Peter Jackson yeah, one. Yeah. They shall I, not grow old. Yep. I almost yeah. I almost went to see it in theaters, but a certain friend of ours flaked on me. Oh, I wonder who it was. Uh, my I got my dad the DVD, so I should really steal it from him. You should, and we should watch that. Yeah. While drinking heavily. So while what I take issue with doing some very minimal research on World War One is why the fuck did we even start World War One? It was a hundred and ten percent preventable. <laughs> and <laughs> I remember this rant from a couple like, weeks ago when we were preparing for this. I get tensions were high. I get that. Uh, I get the Serbians were mad. Before you but... continue, before you continue, I walked into work. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, and instead of, you know, when you see a friend and you're like, hello, how are you? Normal friend greetings. I get with, why the fuck was World War One a thing? It shouldn't have been a thing because Franz Ferdinand was pro-Serbia. You shithead. You shot somebody who was pro your thing. Motherfucker. And this is fun. And the stupid <laughs> Prince of Hungary. Whatever, Austria-Hungary didn't even fucking like France Ferdinand that much. <laughs> Why go to war for somebody you kind of don't like? <laughs> Calm your tits. Your no. pumpkin spice basic bitch stuff is riling you up. I just When I get the pumpkin in me, Sean, I can't <laughs> stop. <laughs> All right. Well, well, thank you for that, that explanation of that game with the infuriating ending. Uh, yeah, when I so I read the Wikipedia article and it like tells you the ending and I'm like, oh, fuck, why am I playing this game? Yeah. But you know why like I'm I playing said, it? I no longer want to play it. Because the dog lives. All right. And the dog kind of looks like Duncan. That's okay. Oh, <laughs> Hi, Duncan. All right. So are we ready? Ready to move on? Yeah. All right. So uh, for my, my game, uh, again, I mentioned earlier, I have not yet played it. Is it out? Oh, yeah. It came out uh, three years ago. Does Ben have it in his shelves? Let me turn and look. These aren't all his games, by the way. He has some still at his mom's house. He might. It's not here. Okay. If he does have it, it's not here. So uh, my game that I studied is called uh, Far Cry Primal. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so we'll do the basic stuff here. Uh, Primal is an installment of the Far Cry series. I thought Far Cry was zombies. Mm, I mean, there's probably been an offshoot that's been zombies. Okay. They, they don't 
they tend not to stick to one setting. Okay. Um, the game typically sees players fighting against uh, despots or like authoritarian movements. Mm-hmm. Um, but like a shared theme is that it's often in rural or isolated areas. So the player also has to contend with nature and the various dangers of nature. So like when we went camping. I mean, <laughs> if you consider those bathrooms dangers. I do. They didn't have fucking toilet paper. I know. Uh, oh, I know. Yeah. So anyway, so that that's the basics of the series. Mm-hmm. Most of the, like the most recent one that came out, Far Cry 5. Yes. Is set in like rural Montana at some like religious cult leader. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I yeah. wanted to play that because I like cults. Yeah. yeah, to give you an idea of that. So that's the general theme of the game. Mm-hmm. People who are, you know, cults of personality, I guess I would yes. sum it up as. Primal is a little different because they're first person shooter games. Mm-hmm. So you always have your guns, bang, bang, bang. Uh, Primal is set in about 10,000 BCE. So you don't have your gun. Correct. You <laughs> do not have a gun. Uh, that ten- makes me happy. I would right. have been kind of upset if you had a gun. <laughs> right. Time travel. Uh-huh. Uh, 10,000 BCE is the tail end of the Stone Age. Mm-hmm. Uh, the player takes on the role of the character Takar, uh, who is the leader of the fictional Wenja tribe. So how fictional are we talking here? Uh, well... You'll get to that. Yeah. So uh, Takar has to ensure the tribe's survival. Can I call him Takar Noir? Mm, sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, you were going to say no for a second. You're like, eh, fine. I was going to be like, no, that, be like, that sounds fun. So, okay. <laughs> uh, Takar has to ensure the Wenja's survival uh, in conflicts with the Udam and the uh, Izilla, both of which are also fictional, but these are all based on real people. Um, if I was, pl- I don't know. Did you look up these names? Yeah. Cause you didn't play it. Cause I don't think I would ever like, I'd never pick up those names Oh, well, in the uh, video game talk. I'd just be like, we got to go fight those guys. <laughs> oh, no. You, you pick them up. Like I said, I watched enough gameplay. You pick them up. Uh, so the Udem, I barely knew Emil's name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay maybe you wouldn't. The Udem are similar to, uh, the Neanderthals. Okay. Right? The uh, Azilla are bas- they're basically an amalgamation of the various Mesolithic tribes that existed at the time. That's a big word. You gotta uh, this, this is the Mesolithic time period. The the people that were basically human but weren't Neanderthals. It's a combination of all of them. Just so kind a of step a, up. Not necessarily, just different. A step up. Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> all right. So the Wenja, the the heroes tribe. Are genetically they're they're basically modern humanity. Okay. They're they're we are Wenja effectively. Cool. Right. So so Duncan's Wenja. No. Oaf's the Neanderthal one. Duncan's a dog. And then and then Krieger's the middle one. Oaf is a demon. Cool. Krieger Krieger's a, an adorable Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! I'm just trying to put this in uh, things I understand. Okay, no. continue. No, no. So uh, the Wenja are basically modern humanity. So they should kick ass. Kick those Neanderthal well, remember, ass. Remember, Neanderthal were big. They were strong. Yeah, but they're stupid. So uh, the game's central conflict uh, is, you know, basically the Wenja fighting for survival against the Udem and the Izila. Now, spoiler alert, I guess, if you didn't fucking know how stories go, uh, the Wenja win. <laughs> well, and it, yeah. And it kind of hints that it helps to usher in the next evolutionary step where modern humanity becomes the species. Right. 
Now I just picture the end of the video game. Some dude puts on like a helmet and is like, <laughs> puts on a World War One helmet. Yeah, it's like, and he's I like, I got this. He's like, my name is Emil. No, um, <laughs> no so a yeah. uh, little historical note that I came across in my research. I'm not going to spend too much time on it because I don't care. Uh, the populations of all the people were relatively low. Conflict in this era, very rare. Not a lot of evidence. Because well, there's not a lot of like people. Yeah, like there's not a lot of people. Because of the lack of people, there is an, an abundance of resources. Yeah, like, I don't like what this group's doing. I'll just go over yeah. there. It's fine. We, we do <laughs> have evidence of at least one, like, what looks like what for them was a big battle. Yeah. But for the, other than that, like, conflict, relatively rare. It was like it five guys yeah. fighting on a corner. Exactly. Like, war wasn't really a thing. Uh, so the Udam are similar to Neanderthals. The Azilla are basically the various Mesolithic tribes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wenger of modern humanity, they're all fighting. Um, I'm not going to bother talking about gameplay. Like the okay. actual like mechanics of well, the gameplay. Well, because it's just a first-person shooter, yes. It's that, but also like some of the things you can do. Mm-hmm. Like one, just describing gameplay is probably not that good. Yeah. But also, when you really break down the gameplay, the historical aspects Accuracy of it kind of fall away. I did, I did do what? a very quick description to make my point here. Yeah. And that point is that video games are crazy. The gameplay has to be engaging, otherwise the game isn't fun, you know. So, but Takar is uh, what's, uh, he's a beast master. So he, <laughs> he can tame, and they, they use it like... Can, can we watch Beastmaster? <laughs> sure. They use it loosely, but it basically it just means that he can cont- he can tame animals. I can too. Look. But they, they take it a little like too far. He controls everything from owls to fucking saber-toothed cats. He can ride yeah. woolly mammoths. He can go one-on-one with cave bears and win fighting with jars of bees as grenade-like weapons. Where'd he get a jar from? Good question, <laughs> and it proves my point. Obviously, this is bullshit. <laughs> There's suspension of disbelief required for the gameplay to be engaging. Like how I'm like, oh yeah, he can control bees, but where'd yeah. the jar come yeah, from? Yeah, yeah, but that's my qualm. Yeah, so I'm not gonna focus on that. Don't worry about that. Although it is fun to point out, the majority of weapons, period, accurate. Are the majority Spears, of animals period accurate as well? Most of them. Uh, one article I read specifically picked on their their dis- their uh, depiction of uh, quote unquote giant badgers, <laughs> like like prehistoric badgers, and they were like they were real, but badgers are fucking omnivores. Like you, they're not going to just like kill you. Like also, I totally didn't know badgers are omnivores. <laughs> yeah. Honey badger don't care. Yeah. And honey badger will kill you. Right. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so the, the weapons are typically accurate, you know, spears, bow and arrow. Yeah. It's Stone Age, so they're not like, you know, forged metal or anything like that. Except the jars. Except the jars, apparently. Mason jars. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're hipster mason jars. Yeah, and, and, and the and, guy has to eat his overnight oats out of it first. Yeah, and Takar is <laughs> a dick with a man bun. He's yeah. like, I was going to fight the Udam, but I was already fighting the Azilla, and they're just so much better at animating. I put yeah. these oats in the fridge last night in this mason jar, and then I'm going to eat it. And then trap some bees in it. Hell yeah. And then I'm going to throw it. So, but the things I wanted to depict or talk about is some of the things the game depicts that are like really, like you would think they are, they're unimportant to a game. Yes. And yet they are just like, you're like, wait a minute, you got that fucking detail, right? Uh, one, uh, as is common in video games, you get hurt, you push a button, you heal. Yes. Right. 
Because yeah. I can I can have complex surgery to fix intense gunshot wounds yeah. on the fly. Or a priest can come up behind me and go, no 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 no. Yes. Oh, no 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 no. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, one of the things the character can use, and obviously there's still like unrealistic things, you know, middle yeah. of combat, he's wrapping bandages around his arm, healing the fact that he's just been maimed beyond like belief. But like using tree bark as a painkiller. Yeah. Willow bark has the ingredients that make aspirin work. So next time I'm in the forest and I see a willow, like a a weeping willow. If you have a headache, you might want to chew on some bark. Willow bark, though. Yeah, willow bark. Yeah, yeah. So it, and it, it it shows the people like discovering this and yeah. using it to heal themselves. Uh, um, one thing I discovered in a like a, a gameplay video I watched, <laughs> there is a brutal scene in which an old superstition gets somebody killed, and I love it. <laughs> I can't wait to get there in the you game. You know, you are. S- why do you hate my old superstitious ways? <laughs> uh, there's a guy who believes his head is occupied by spirits. Ooh, does he have to trepan it? Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. sweet. He bashes a hole in his head to yeah, allow to them let to the escape out. Yeah. in a process known as trepanning. Uh huh. This was really popular at the time. Shockingly, the evidence that we have suggests that a third of people survived this. Yeah. You take a sharp rock and just bash See, a hole in somebody's head. It was also and they survived. It was also big in the Middle Ages, and they yeah. were just like. <laughs> yep. Uh, and uh, I put a note on here: Do not, all you listeners who are like, "What? That sounds nuts." Do not go fucking pretending that putting holes in the heads of people who are behaving weird is all all, all that odd, because that is not that far. That is a slippery slope <laughs> to lobotomization. So maybe we're not that fucking evolved. No, 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 no. Okay, so. In theory. In theory. In theory. But I said slippery slope. No, no, no. What I'm saying (laughs) is- I know where you're going with this. In theory, it could relieve pressure on the brain. I know where you're going with this. If you're having a blood bleed. But I- So let me just get my power drill. That was never the point of lobotomization. Let me get my power (laughs) drill and just drill a quick little head hole in your head, (laughs) and it's fine. No, no, no. No, I want trepanning. I want you to bash a fucking hole in my head. Trepanning also is more refers to the drilling of the hole in the head. (laughs) Oh, this is fun. Uh, so, but my favorite thing about the game, and this is equal parts anthropological and evolutionary, the amount of detail that went into this is like ridiculous, hmm. is the language. So, most games, let's say you're you're playing a game set in Germany, but it's yes. a game released in America. Yes. The game's in fucking English. Right. Uh, depending on high ha- how highbrow and bougie the game is. Fair enough. I but don't know. Is Wolfenstein set in? For a mass-produced game mm-hmm. that's supposed to be general appeal, it's going to be in English, right? Yes. So this is 10,000 BCE. They, took, they, they had the option of taking the easy way out, right? Mm-hmm. And just making everyone speak English. Yes. They, they did not do this. What did they do? The characters in Primal speak the proto-Indian European language. Weird. As in the real thing, but taken to an uncomfortable extreme. Some fucking nerd was on this development oh, hang on team. A so the production studio, which is uh, Ubisoft... Mm-hmm. They hired linguists. These guys are language experts. It's actually a husband and wife team, so these guys isn't quite right. But they are experts who, in their career, have managed to reconstruct portions of the what they call the Proto-Indo-European language 
Um, like, don't they have better shit to do? <laughs> so it's be, because it's Proto-Indo-European. This is the ancestor language to the languages of Europe and the languages of India. Which means English, bitch. This is the ancestor language of more than 400 languages around the world. Damn. Three billion people speak a language that spawns from this, right? And it's all in a video game. So, the, but the, through their study, they have like constructed it. They have they have reconstructed some speech from mm-hmm. it. Ubisoft was like, we could just make them speak English. No, they went and hired these people. <laughs> the these linguists gave each of the games three tribes. They reconstructed fictional but different dialects of the Proto-Indo-European Why? languages. Why? Right? I don't, I just think it's a waste of money. <laughs> like, so the, come on. The Azila speak, uh, the one that most closely resembles the real thing because they're like the... The closest to the real thing. Yeah, the, well, they're the, the newer the people. They came from a different place, so they would have learned uh, like a rough amalgamation of everything. The Wenja and the Udam, however... They both speak the more primitive version of it because those people had been around longer in the game setting. So the Winja and the Udem, but you're a Winja. We're Winja. Yes. The Udem are Neanderthals. The the Azilla are the Mesolithic tribes who kind of came from the Levant, kind of the Middle East area. They kind of mm-hmm. migrated this way. Okay. So the language they would have encountered it, and it would have. They beca- would have changed. It would have changed becoming okay. theirs exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, because I know you're you're wondering, uh, the game does provide subtitles. Yay! <laughs> so you do know what is going on. I would hope it does. Now, so this is where I get a little negative because in the research and in the gameplay that I watched, I had some some concerns about the game, mm-hmm. and these were concerns that when I researched it were shared by people. What are those concerns? They put a lot of effort into the language, like a legitimately probably too much effort. For a video game, probably, but it, it is a legitimately impressive amount of scholarly work. Uh-huh. Like, And as their games, they're not just like, oh, this is a dialect here, this is a dialect here. They're fully functional languages. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're the real thing. Um, but <laughs> the translations, they betray that really casual racism that we ascribe uh... to because a caveman will speak and he'll be like, I go here. Yeah. If you're translating into English, why doesn't he just fucking say, I'm going here? Well, because he's a caveman. It's not racism. It's cavemanism. These are people who are supposed to genetically be us. They have the brain function we do. And we're sitting here because they're cavemen. We're like, they're dumb. Collective unconscious, bro. No, no. If they were that dumb, we wouldn't have evolved like we are. We wouldn't be possible. Not all of them <laughs> could be smart, man. Now, I am half of this is a devil's advocate mm-hmm. thing. Uh, I'm not entirely convinced by the argument, but I do think it's valid. Uh, it is that kind of stereotypical stupid caveman English. Um, but uh, it points out the uncivilized nature of people that were us. I don't and understand I, I why you go to all that trouble. To make them seem uncivilized. Exactly my point. If you're going to go to that much effort, why don't you just translate it for real? Yeah, I don't understand. Uh, But this informs the other one. And this one I do think is real. The game has some very troubling colonialist themes. Yeah, I could see that. So we justified taking over people. All of us white folk. 
from the past, us pasty whiteys over here. We justified taking over a lot of people arguing. Let me, let me, uh, tell me if these buzzwords sound familiar. I'm already offended. Savages. Yeah, I'm already offended. Uh, here's one. Neanderthals. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're actually talking about Neanderthals, (laughs) I don't. But we, we called them things like backwards and uncivilized. The other enemies in the game are talked down as savages and cannibals. And part of defeating them, this is the part that kind of troubled me a little bit. Mm. Part of defeating them is like taking their young and completely stripping them of that identity and making them a part of your tribe. Oh, that's a little, that's a little. It's problematic, right? It's problematic. Now, this is the part where I take a hard left on what I was just saying. Doesn't bother me. Well, they are (laughs) Neanderthals. Yeah. But, well, no, the part of that doesn't bother me uh, is context. The Far Cry games, and Primal, of course, is no exception to this, are very well noted for having moral ambiguity. Mm. None of the characters are good and evil in a black and white way. I mean, um, Far Cry 5 does take place in a cult. It's a religious cult, yeah. yeah. Like, like you are in a religious cult. Um, so I think like the dehumanizing aspects of the game's conflict mm-hmm. are totally fine contextually because it, it kind of makes the point. It suggests that just because we're genetically and like evolutionary a quote unquote next step. Yeah. It doesn't make us like morally superior. No. And especially if we're the protagonist in the story, which I think is really important and a lot of people need to consider that. Like just because we're in charge doesn't mean we're right. Correct. Um, so, overall, I'd say the game puts a lot of work into historical, evolutionary, archaeological, and anthropological accuracy. Mm-hmm. Um, makes some pretty interesting kind of conceptual points, but it is still a game, so if you start getting nitpicky with all the gameplay, I'm going to command my owl to attack <laughs> you and kill you in one shot, but only after it drops a jar of bees upon you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're going to scrutinize it? Yeah, it's not that fucking accurate. But it's a lot of fun. And if you enjoy the setting, there's like a lot of things in it that can prompt curiosity and uh-huh. go research and learn. The yeah. You know the, the famous fertility statue? Yeah. The big fat figurine with the breasts? I would... Don't describe yeah. me like that, Sean. Um, You're... No. I'm only uh. slightly obese. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like that figure is yeah. is present in the game because it's connecting it to the people that that believed mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So so it's interesting in that regard. So there's a lot of research one can do based on the game and really learn a lot. Whereas mine was just fucking depressing. Yeah. <laughs> so so I read uh, a few articles on this online. Obviously, I watched a shit ton of gameplay. I read uh, Far Cry Primal and History from jcastello.com. He's a historian and freelance writer. He did a general analysis. Mm -hmm. But he made the points about the colonialist themes, which also concerned me, but he verbalized them way better than I did. But I feel like the colonialist colonialist themes are like their theme for that Far Cry, where the religious cult themes are the three three for Far Cry 5. And and that's my point. That's why, like... Yeah, Colonial is there, and if you read it that way, it's bad, but I don't think it's bad. Yeah, I think they're, they're the pointing game, out that it's bad. Yeah, the game has yeah. always been morally ambiguous uh-huh. to make you kind of wonder if what you're doing is right. And th- so then they did a Far Cry Primal interview, how Ubisoft brought uh, ancient languages back to life 
Uh, it was on, I don't know if this is an actual website, player.one. That sounds fucking weird. Yeah. That was the address. But that was the extensive interview with videos interviews with mm-hmm. the linguists and talking about how they did it. And fair warning, if you want to go look at that one, that one gets fucking nerdy. <laughs> like, holy shit, they go into I, detail. I could hear Sean from his cube. Nerds! <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I read The Archaeology of Far Cry Primal by Colleen Morgan on her website, ColleenMorgan.com. Excuse me. We've had uh, two beers in a row, it happened. Pumpkin ale burp. Uh, and then uh, the last one I read was Playing With History, Just How Accurate Was uh, Far Cry Primal from the 6th axis.com your sources so legit they're perhaps too legit to quit well i mean i mean video games tend not to have academic books about them after only three years because it was released in february of 2016 mine was in 2014 i think yeah so overall strong game and there's a lot of like Mm -hmm. legitimate anthropological and historical work put into it when you break it down, though, because it is a video game, it's, it doesn't well, hold Well, yeah, up, you have to make it exciting unless you're doing something like, like Valiant Hearts in which it's a yeah. puzzle game or, and you can do... Or Kingdom Come Deliverance. Yeah. 20 minutes in, I was like, fuck this. Well, with Valiant Hearts, I got like... Did you ever play like the Amazon Trail or the Oregon no. Trail, like the newer played, versions I, of the Oregon Trail? Yeah, I played that, yeah. Like the one where it would actually tell you history about it. Yeah. That's the vibe I kind of got from it, but yeah. not like to the extent. Yeah, and I'm I'm that, I'm honestly intrigued. That ending is infuriating. Oh yeah, poor Emil. So that's that's it for video games and history. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like one of these days we're gonna have to do another one. Yes. And we're both gonna have to talk about Carmen Sandiego. Oh, man, I fucking love Carmen Sandiego. I really wanted to do Age of Empires because that is what I grew up playing. Well, you can do that. I'll talk about Where in Time is Carmen Sandiego. I loved Where in Time is Carmen Sandiego. It was Sandiego. such a it good fucking a good game. game. Uh, so listen to us everywhere you listen to podcasts. Yup, yup. Uh, ooh, uh, uh, follow us on social media. Yeah, Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, that's fun. Sure we're fun. Is. We're, we're super active. Yeah. I, uh, I got a bunch of likes, but I... I posted dollop pictures on our our one and then my own personal Instagram. Yes, yes. Do tell me about the dollop, which you did not tell me was coming near us live until after <laughs> anyway, tickets were sold my out. My personal Instagram got more likes is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Fuckers, follow us, man. Yeah. You're letting us down. We are not Fight Club. You can talk to people about lax historical yeah. context. Yep. Rant over. Uh, when you tell your friends... Or when you don't evidently tell your friends about lax historical context. Tell them we said something interesting. 